five, six, seven, eight. Hello, everyone. Happy International Women's Day! Woohoo! We are so excited to welcome you to our first International Women's Day episode, and we thought it would be really amazing for us to celebrate by sharing some of our favorite strong inspirational female characters in musical theater. And there's so many. I mean, I don't know. We're doing this straight from our hearts. So. <laughs> Aw, I like that. It's not off the top of our heads. It's straight from our hearts. Yeah. I think that's so sweet. <laughs> okay. Number one on my list is, of course, Carol King. <gasps> mm. Yes. Oh, she's such an incredible woman. She's so strong and so powerful and sorry she's on your list so I should let you do the talking but she's amazing please please do share well I mean she has this vulnerability to her and I think that's part of what makes her so strong and part of what makes people fall in love with her both Mm -hmm. as a character in the musical and as a musician um if you're into Carol King you should definitely check out our interview with Shalina Kennedy she had such amazing things to say about this uh iconic woman you know why is she one of your faves Chrissy what speaks to you about her oh my gosh she's just so real there's so much truth to Carol King and oh I don't even know I just feel this connection to her whenever I listen to the cast recording I'm like oh my gosh that is how I want to be as a woman yeah and you know I think if we're talking about beautiful we definitely have to mention Cynthia Weil and put her right up there with Carol, uh, because both of these women were trailblazers, right? This is an industry that was so male-dominated, especially in songwriting. Like, women would come, and they would do the singing if they needed a female singer. But these two female songwriters, they were breaking barriers and are now remembered with some of the greatest hits of all time. And... One of the things I love about Beautiful Mm -hmm. is that those two women, as much as they have like their playful competition, they're each other's biggest supporters, they're friends in real life, um, and they're both on such a similar similar path. Uh, And they're also great foils to each other as characters because you have Cynthia who's just so career-driven and she's ambitious and nothing gets in her way. And that's why I love her so much. She's unapologetic in what she wants. And then you have Carol, who does want more of the home and the family life, which is 100% like, okay, it's amazing. Like, yes, go for that too. But then you have Carol, she's a little more subdued. And then you find her, it's her journey to kind of grow into that person who could speak for herself and can hold her own. And I'm going to stop talking now. I just got excited. (laughs) I love it. I love how excited we get over these two women. (laughs) I'm, I'm obsessed with them. When we can get together, we need to do like a cosplay <gasps> or something, a cover, yeah. maybe a little tribute to them. Um, maybe we can even do that virtually. Let's put a pin in that for later. But I just, we obviously we love, we love beautiful and we love these two women. We do. <laughs> okay. Who is number one on your list? Okay. Well, it's a tie. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, because. You can't pick. You can't choose between either either one because they're both equally. Can I say badass? Is that allowed? Love it. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. Elphaba and Glinda from Wicked. 
And I know that y'all are probably rolling your eyes because this is an expected one, but it's expected for a reason. Wicked was one of these first musicals to focus on a friendship between two women. We're not talking about like two guys being best friends. We're not talking about guy and a girl falling in love. We are talking about a friendship between two women. And again, two very different women who bring out the best in each other. And they connect, they inspire. I'm speechless because when I saw that show, I remember just being so overwhelmed in a, in this, in a sense because it is two equally strong women who are different in so many ways, but they're the same because they have that strength. And I think it's a beautiful story. And I wish we had more stories like that um, in the musical theater world. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I know for sure they are two who would be on my list as well. So yeah, beautifully written women. Yeah, and there are differences in the world. It's so easy to say like, oh, there's one way to be a woman or whatever. You know, there are certain characteristics or whatever that we're supposed we're supposed to have. There are air quotes around all of this because it's baloney. We are fabulous individual beings. And I love that in Wicked, the differences between these two women, although it can sometimes be a clashing point, it's never something that pits one to try to be better than the other. They're equals. And I love that the show demonstrates how equal they are. Um, and that's what you get. They might be opposite mm -hmm. sides of a spectrum or appear that way, but they're equal. Oh, yeah. I'm going to cry. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay. Another on my list would be Rose Fenny from Dogfight. Uh, oh, another total badass who stands up to these men. And I just, I love her. And I really, I feel for her, you know? I'm not familiar with Dogfight. Uh, I've heard some of the music, but it Rose is very easy to connect to, like, even through... Uh, the music itself. And I know lots of people um, speak about her fondly and connect to her. So yay, Rose. Yay, Rose. She's a really, really <laughs> well-written character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like her. Yeah. All right. The next on my list <laughs> is um, Cinderella. And I know you're all going to like be like, but Jocelyn, she's a princess. Doesn't a prince save her? No. No, she's her fairy. If anybody saved her, it was her fairy godmother, but she wasn't saving her. She was like, here, go to the ball for a night. Have fun. Listen, the Cinderella hate and, you know, the princess hate in general, it can stop. They're fabulous. And why I love Cinderella, especially in the revival that was on Broadway, is because it always focuses on her kindness and her goodness. And she's somebody who's, she's been through the ringer. She's a fighter. She's not some delicate little thing waiting to be saved. Mm -mm. She's been living in an abusive situation her entire life. And she doesn't ask for much. She doesn't get angry. She doesn't get upset. And she goes to the ball for a night. And you know, that's what attracts the prince to her, and it's what leads to all of the wonderful things that come her way. But she manages to 
keep who she is and to lead with kindness and grace in everything she does. And isn't that something we should all aspire to? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think <laughs> to your point in the revival, she works towards saving the kingdom. Yeah, she is like politically minded, too. Like, yeah, she stands up to the prince and she's like, hey, listen, like things need to change here. Yes. And I'm I'm obsessed with it because, you know, in this adaption, you get to see that you get to see how her her inner goodness. It's not just like something that can appear meek and obedient. She's not. She's not. Maybe she is because she has to be to survive. But when you see her with the prince, she she tells him exactly how it's going to be. And she doesn't hesitate. Oh, yeah. Because she knows she wants to do the right thing. And she gets to wear pretty dresses and nice shoes. And that's what we all want. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, my gosh. There's so many that are just flying into my mind right now. But I'm going to go with um, Felicia from Memphis, who is like, oh, (gasps) fierce. I love fierce. I just, oh, my God. Just a bit about Memphis is just, I mean, if you follow me, <laughs> I'm going off about Memphis now, but if you follow me on my blog, you'll know how much I love Memphis. I mean, it was my favorite show when it came out that season, and it's still within my like top five of shows because, oh my god, it's so well written. And Felicia is one hell of a powerful woman, a woman, and she's such a powerhouse. Oh. I can't. Oh my god. Please go watch Memphis. It's on Broadway HD and ooh, okay. Will, yeah, you won't regret that because oh, it's the original cast as well who are incredible. Oh my god. Ooh. Yes. So, next on my list and you know, this list is in no particular order for me. I'm just sharing who like pops into my head. But Catherine Plummer from Newsies. I am obsessed with this woman because for so many so 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 many reasons first off did you know like she's based on a real human she's based off of Nellie Bly who was this huge investigative reporter around the turn of the century um and it was this huge deal that a woman wanted to do like serious reporting and she ended up befriending Joseph Pulitzer and doing all sorts of amazing crazy things so if you love Catherine you love Newsies please look up Nellie Bly she's this incredible incredible woman um but Catherine oh my goodness she is she's a firecracker isn't she you know she's a bit of a pistol um you know and I love how her story of fighting for um a career in something that is so um It was a male-dominated industry at the time, and I'm sure it still is today. Um, She fought tooth and nail to get a seat at the table. And I love that her story kind of paralleled with um, these kids, these working kids who are fighting for their rights. She was fighting for hers right alongside them. And I love how their stories run parallel. I love her passion. I love her leadership skills. Um... And I absolutely love her relationship with Jack. I think it's one of my favorite musical theater relationships, actually, because, you know, it's a partnership. It's a balance. And she, you know, she's not afraid to tell him that he's wrong or how it's got to be. And 
you know, she always has this like nugget of wisdom, you know, like uh, being a leader doesn't always mean having the, having the right idea, but, you know, knowing a good idea when you hear it, like, you know, she's consistently throughout the show, she's on the ball, she is rolling things forward and she's fighting, she's fighting the good fight and she's fighting on her own. You know, she changes her last name so that everything she gets is something she earned. And I just, oh, she resonates with me so much as a human. And uh, she's just, I love her as a character so much. I love Newsies. It's on Disney Plus actually. So like, go watch it. I love her. She's just, she's gritty and she's real and oh, I love her. Who's next on your list? Okay, well, there is a musical version of this, and it's also a play. And the next one on my list, because of that, is Holly Golightly from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, I like her. Yeah, I think everyone who knows me knows my obsession with Breakfast at Tiffany's and Holly Golightly in general. But I just think she is so... She's a woman who stands her ground and truly believes in what she believes and nobody can convince her otherwise. Mm-hmm. I love powerful women. So when I think of like a really headstrong, powerful female character, I think of Holly Golightly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love her. I really like um, Lady Chiang from The King and I. Ooh, yes. I might be butchering her last name, so I'm sorry. I think it is Chiang. Anyway, um... She's brilliant. And every time I watch The King and I, whether it's the movie or um, most recently the filmed live at the London Palladium was available to watch. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She is – she's a really strong character. And, you know, Mm. she's – if you're not familiar with The King and I or don't know who I'm talking about, she's the head wife of all of the wives who are married to the King of Siam. And – you know what? She keeps things running. Like maybe the king has his big ideas and, you know, the armies and all that sort of thing. But, you know, she runs the house. She keeps everything under control. She does her best to help um, the newest wife um, escape with her true love. Like she turns a blind eye to something that could get the girl in a lot of trouble. She works with very closely with... um, Mrs. Anna to get everything um like to keep things moving in the direction the king the king wants it to and I think she's such an underlooked character because she really does only have the one song but something wonderful is one of the best written musical theater songs of all time and I will fight anyone on that because you know she does she does love the king she she was his first wife so there's obviously like love between them And, you know, she understands her time period. She understands the kind of man he is. And when she understands that what he feels for um, Mrs. Anna isn't, is, is, is actual love, she's able to take a step back and be like, okay, he needs you. And because I love him, I'm going to step back because you need to come in and do what it is you need to do. Um, Honestly, Google Ruthie Ann Miles doing something wonderful. One of the best performances you'll see in your entire life. Absolutely. Yeah. Powerful. 
Okay, another one on my list is, and this is typical of me, we're not surprised, <laughs> Raven Falco from Bat Out of Hell and... Like a bat out of hell! <laughs> I chose Raven because she's kind of a character who gets overlooked within the show. A lot of people see the show and they're like, oh, bratty 18-year-old, but... <laughs> I really feel for her. I mean, she's been locked in the tower by her father for like, God, forever. forever. And she just wants a better life. She wants out, you know, and she deserves that freedom. And she gets that freedom. She chooses to go with Strat and take that freedom. And yeah, I just like, think she's powerful. I like her. Me too. She's, you know, she knows what she wants. She doesn't know mm -hmm. much because she's very sheltered, but she knows what she wants. And she does kind of, she does fight tooth and nail to get it. Mm -hmm. And what I don't understand is that there are a lot of people who watch Bat and they don't they don't see it as Raven's coming of age story. No. Which, you know, probably because there's so much going on. And that's why it's such a good show, because there's so many amazing things going on. But it's her coming of age story. It's her clawing her way out of a situation that didn't suit her. And finding something else. like Well, it's exactly how I view this other very strong female character who I'm sure will pop up in our, on our list. But Cosette from Les Mis is the, she's the heart of the show. And every connection made throughout that show comes back to her. You know? They're all linked to Cosette, which is kind of how Bat works with Raven. Her parents' marriage. They're together because of Raven. They claim it's she's all they have. Strat going to the towers because of Raven. You know, it's everything comes back to this one character, which I don't think a lot of people really realize at first glance or don't look into as much. I tend to overanalyze everything in every single show, but... Well, when you've seen it 20 times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Call me out. <laughs> but, I don't know. I find Bat takes took a lot of similar roots and themes from Les Mis, so it makes sense to me anyways. <laughs> you know, speaking of Bat, I love the female characters in Bat. You know, like, for a show that is really male-dominated, I'm sure I'm gonna say it, there are way more, like, guy characters and girl characters, and luckily, in newer versions of the show, we've seen more of, like, an equalness. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Um, but the women that are there... Holy moly, they are brilliant. And so Raven, obviously, she's the first kind of like character I like really connected to in, in Bat. She's just like Christy said, you know, she's she's trying to get her way out of a bad situation. But other female characters within the show, you have her mom, Sloane, who is stuck in a loveless and unhappy marriage. Um, but she's she's still in love with her partner and she loves her daughter but she's not happy. And you see her over the course of the show, you know, fight for her own happiness and for love. And, you know, you're just, you're hoping that she gets a happy ending as much as the young lovers do. There's Zahara, who is fierce and fearless, but also has this vulnerability where she doesn't want to let anybody in. And then when she does, you know, so many wonderful things happen to her. And you have Valkyrie, who's one of the guys, but also this strong woman who's just not to be messed with. 
Well, I will say to your point about the female characters in Bad Out of Hell and um, the fact that we've seen like a sort of swap out of a male role in the like main ensemble group be swapped with this new awesome female role. And Mm -hmm. both are completely different characters. There was never anything that was like, oh, this is elements of the other character. It's just completely two different characters. And it was really the first time that I saw how female characters are are sort of treated within theater. And um, there's a whole thing about abuse in Bad Out of Hell for the characters Blake and Valkyrie who are the two I'm talking about in the ensemble who are swapped and a lot of comments about how women can't be abused by their father it makes no sense for this and I was just Mm -hmm. I was really shocked by how yeah I saw yeah I saw those comments and actually one of them was straight up like it's more shocking for a man to talk about it than a woman and it's like that's not that's not the point. And like, it's not that, that sort of theme, that sort of subject matter, it's not meant for shock value. Exactly. It's not. Um, And, you know, it's ironic that they say that because, you know, you have Sloane and Raven who are living with a man who is abusive Mm -hmm. in different ways. And it's funny that somebody who sees the show and loves it enough to, you know, be upset about a character change like that wouldn't pick up on those subtleties. Well, that's what's so funny about it as well, is that these comments were from, because there was a long period of time where you and I were some of like the only people who saw this new version of the show. And it was from so many people who hadn't seen the show who were just dead set against there being another strong female in the show. And like really dead set against it. Like shockingly, because... Just the things I've read online, I was like, wow, okay, that's, I'm just surprised, I was surprised that just because there was now a female character in place of where a male character used to stand in certain scenes, it was like this whole controversy, and I just, I don't know. And listen, it wasn't, I didn't understand why it was such a huge deal, but like, especially now that we're talking about like these strong female characters, I'm like, why, why does it make you uncomfortable? Why would it make you uncomfortable? And that was also, you know, the ensemble used to be kind of more male-dominated than female-dominated. Now, kind of as the casts have gotten smaller, there's more of a divide. But um, I think we actually talked about this in our Bad Out of Hell episode. So I'm going to wrap this up really quick and send you over there if you want to hear more about it. But Valkyrie, she's one of the lost. And for so long in the show, the point of view of the lost that we had from the lost who like had speaking lines and like solo singing lines instead of just being like a silent ensemble were the boys. Well, there are lost girls there. Why don't Zahara doesn't talk for all of them? Like, come on. Like I wanted a lost girl so bad. And then we got one. And anyway, she's my favorite character in the show. What we knew of the ensemble lost females who had like a singing line it was like oh that's Ledoux's girlfriend you know so now it's like we have another woman in the show who is strong and fearless and she's gonna take a stand and anyways love it love it <laughs> I'll drink to that who else is on your list yes okay I'm going to take a slight we're going to go to a different musical now because <laughs> we just went on a little tangent there but I love 
Peggy White from The Last Ship. And I know that there's probably like a small handful of you who have seen this show. Um, if you have, let us know and you'll be my favorite forever. Um, but for those of you who aren't familiar with The Last Ship, it takes place in a small shipbuilding town. And uh, the powers that be decide that they're going to shut down the shipyard, which is the livelihood for everyone in the town. And so they unionize and they strike and the foreman who should be on the side of, you know, well, not like the bad guys, but like the rich people or whatever who are running the show. He sides with the townspeople because, he, you know, he's, you know, he's part of the community. That's what the, it's a show about community. Anyway, Peggy is the uh, foreman's wife and she is just as much a part of this as he is. And there's this beautiful moment. I don't want to, mm, I'm going to try to say this without spoiling it, but when it comes right down to the nitty gritty, not only is Peggy there, she's there, she experiences a great personal loss, and she still comes up with the plan that ultimately saves the day. She's gritty, she's powerful, she's smart, and there's actually a beautiful, beautiful moment there's a women's reprise of the song, uh, What Have We Got? We've Gotten Out Else. And it is the most powerful moment in the show. And I remember bursting into tears because um, I can't explain it um, because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But it's, uh, it's really powerful, really moving. And uh, I love her as a character. I love the show. And I really hope more people get a chance to see this uh, new version that was it was going to be touring the States for a little mini tour before it kicked off. So hopefully that'll come back and y'all can see it and know what I'm talking about because whew, it's some heavy, powerful shit and a <laughs> beautiful, beautiful show. All right. Another one of my favorites is Effie White from Dreamgirls. Which, I mean, come on. Obsessed. I I remember when I saw the film version of Dreamgirls in the theater, I was just taken away by this character. There will never be a point in time when I don't listen to And I Am Telling You and not just want to burst into tears from the sheer emotion of this character. I mean, what she goes through in that entire story is... I can't. I cannot. I can't. Yeah. Oh, she's amazing. And um, like I have body chills right now. Just me too. (laughs) Speaking of body chills. All right, y'all. You need to look up Jennifer Halliday's performance at the Tony Awards of I'm Telling You I'm Not Going. Mm -hmm. One of the best Tony Awards performances, I think, in history of the entire broadcast. It's in her body and you see it in her eyes, the entire song. Oh, it's in her soul. I love it. Yep. I have full body chills right now. I know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. I have Jenna from Waitress. (laughs) Yes. Because, my God, that show, I, y'all know I cry at the drop of a hat. Okay. That's no secret. And if you think I cried a lot at like something like Les Mis, You weren't ready to know what I experienced at Waitress. (laughs) I literally cried from start to finish Um, because it is such a powerful Mm. story. 
And it's about a really powerful woman. She's, you know, she's a woman who has struggled with abuse her whole life, you know, which we learn in some flashbacks, you know, and she's, when we meet her, she's kind of resigned to this life that she doesn't want, that she isn't happy and that isn't safe for her. And, you know, she gets pregnant and Mm -hmm. somehow that gives her the courage that like she needs to make a better life for herself and for her baby. And we follow her along this journey and all of the setbacks and the fight. And then eventually without even going to like the pod, the podcast, the pie baking contest that she thinks is going to change everything for her. She doesn't get there, but she still changes everything for herself Mm. and for that baby. And I'm getting full. I'm getting choked up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, And I think it's also so wonderful about Jenna and her story is that her friends are two women, two strong women. And the love interest isn't like, Mm -hmm. he's not a huge part of the story. You know, he's kind of there, but like he's not. The the biggest relationship in that, um, in the show for me is the one between those three women because they never try to make her feel guilty about not leaving. They never try to push her into anything she's not ready to do. But when she is, they have her back. And, um, you know, that everything changes. Like she Mm -hmm. used to be mine and everything changes. These are tear jerkers of songs. And I remember sitting in the, this is a tangent, but I remember sitting in the audience at Waitress and just seeing all the women around me who were crying like I was. And at intermission, one of the topics was, as I like walk to the bathroom, you know, you hear people speaking is every woman in that audience either experienced something that Jenna had and was talking about it or was talking about a friend who went through something very similar. And we know violence against women is an issue. We know violence, especially against Mm. Uh, women of color, black women, specifically black trans women. We know what a huge thing that is. But seeing it talked about how it was presented on stage, got a whole audience of people talking, even from generations that it was, you know, it was a matinee. So it's older people usually, but from generations who don't always discuss that sort of thing to see how that show opened up that conversation in both of the times I went was so powerful. Right. Powerful to witness by the sheer volume of people who saw it and said that happened to me or that happened Mm -hmm. to my friend. Like, yeah, I mean, I saw a waitress on like my one year anniversary out of like a really shitty relationship. And when I was watching this relationship unfold in front of me, I was like, wow, they really packed so much truth into what Jenna's going through and they really show the side of mental abuse which I think is something that isn't as showcased in musical theater Mm -hmm. to see a show where it was mostly based upon mental abuse was really it really hit me and I was like this is this is the side of musical theater that we need it to share to show 
what so many women go through. What I love about Waitress is that not only does it showcase, um, it showcases domestic abuse in a way that, you know, the audience feels safe, which is nice, first of all. Uh, but the way they portray it, you know, they're, there's no sympathy for Earl. You know what I mean? It's all Jenna's point of view. You get to see how it affects her relationships with her friends, how it affects her mentally, emotionally, as well as the physical aspect of it. And it uh, it does such a good job in the sense that it's well-rounded. And what I love about Jenna, it's kind of like what I said about uh, Cinderella. You know, she... She may not be the most optimistic person in the world. She doesn't like go through her day like Mm -hmm. smiling and like clicking her heels because she is dealing with something heavy, but she always leads with warmth and she leads with goodness. And, you know, I think that's also a tribute to the strength of this character to be someone who can once again be going through so much, but to, yeah. um, Definitely. Still give the yep. good that you have to other people. I love Jenna. I love Jenna's story. Okay. This is my last one. I think well, yeah. I'll make this my last one, but there's plenty more. <laughs> so for my last one, I'm gonna go with Fantine from Les Mis because I think she just encapsulates oh. that beautiful love of a mother. You know, yeah. she she really, she gives it all. She risks it all to take care of her daughter. You know, and I just, ugh. I get choked up every time I see the show because I think that is the purest form of love is between a mother and, and their child as well. And yeah, they, they showcase it beautifully. Oh, man. I'm crying. <laughs> um. Les Mis is a good example, actually. And it kind of goes into something that I wanted to throw in at the end of this, actually. So I'm just going to roll with it. But, mm. you know, the women in Les Mis, once again, you have three main women, very, very different. And they're all strong in varying ways. Um, I feel like it's so easy for audiences to be like, oh, a woman in a tragic position and see it through like the damsel in distress lens instead of like, man, she's tough. But especially for uh, Fontaine, you're right. She literally gives everything she has because she loves her daughter. And that's what's uh, so tragic about the piece is that, you know, everything she had still wasn't enough um, in that time period, in that era where she where she lived, what she had and her situation. And it's very similar to Eponine in the same way because – you know, people like to be like, oh, yeah, she's the girl who was in love with Marius but didn't get him. Hold your horses. She's literally living on the streets because she's – her family is abusive and treats her like garbage. She lives on the streets. She's been smart enough to survive this long on her own. And people like to bash her. But, like, if having that infatuation with Marius made her happy with all of the crap that was going on in her life – let her have it, man. Why you got to be so down on poor Eponine? And sweet, sweet Cosette, who you mentioned earlier, Cosette gets so much hate for no reason. She survived a horrible, abusive relationship. She, relationship, well, I guess it's a relationship, but she escaped a situation where she was 
being abused. She found a family. She has her chosen family. And even then, she's she's kept in the dark. And so there's, of course, there's that curiosity. And she's still, you know, she's brave. She's curious. And she, when she falls in love, she does fall hard. She's not less strong because she falls in love. We got to take that notion and like scrap it right here, right now. Because that ties into what I wanted to say to wrap this thing up. You know, you have a lot of women in theater, especially in Golden Age theater, back before Les Mis, who have that like ingenue spirit, who are sweet, who are kind, who lead with love, who are... And you know what? A lot of it's voice type too. People are like, oh, the high voice. Like, eh. Um, But people like to say, oh, like they're the damsel in distress. They are unjustly classified as weak women when I think... I think it's quite the opposite. I think that some of these ingenues are the strongest women that musical theater has to offer. And it's because they show nuance. They show duality of character. They show that you can wear pink or a frilly dress or be optimistic and still be tough. You don't need to be, and this is something that women I think everywhere face. I know I've faced it. People will, you know, they underestimate you because of, I don't want to say femininity because how feminine you are is like totally unique to you. But I guess society's standards of what being feminine means, depending where you fall on that scale, people think that the more feminine you are, the weaker you are. And that's not true. That's not, it's just not. And it pisses me off. Anyway, you guys know why it pisses me off. I'll stop my tangent now, but let me leave you with this. It doesn't matter who you are, okay? If you identify as a woman, you're feminine enough. <laughs> like, let's just leave it at that. And you are also capable of great strength. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. I love yeah. that. I'm going to cry now. I'm going to go cry. Uh, I need a bottle of wine and... Um... <laughs> anyway. Mm. Anyways, we just want to wish you a very exciting Women's Day. And we are so 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 grateful for all of you out there yeah thank you for joining us and our little ramble as we celebrated international women's day with some of our favorite strong female characters in musical theater Woohoo! <laughs> as always i'm jocelyn and you can find me over at www.bothsidesofthecurtain.com and i'm chrissy and you can find me at breakleagblog.com we're also on patreon now so you can help fund our podcast in really cool ways. So you're going to want to go check that out because we have some really exciting exclusives that are only available on our Patreon. Sign up to support us on Patreon. You'll get all the visual goodies. You'll get a blooper reel, some behind the scenes stuff. And, uh, you know, we we really appreciate it because like with anything, there, there you know, there's a financial element to this. And everything that comes in does go back into making new and exciting content. Mm -hmm. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Bye.